Yeah. So I like, I should have prefaced with, I like this podcast to be very casual, which you probably saw in my, in my note to you and just like real, because the people who listen and the people who are my clients don't need to be told how to be perfect. Like that's the last thing they need to be told. They just need reality. So anyway, I'm so glad we connected. Do you feel like there aren't enough hours in the day for you to take care of yourself in addition to being a parent, a partner, maybe an employee, an adult? What if you could feel like a healthier you in just minutes a day while being a parent and all those other things? Uh, Does this sound salesy and like a make-believe sentence? I'm really not trying to sound salesy. I'm just a dietitian and more on a mission to help you make it a reality. My name is Beth August. I am a registered dietitian, nutritionist, fitness trainer, wife, and mama. I run Be Well with Beth, and I'm the founder of an online group program called The Refresh. And every day in my business, I help busy parents just like you figure out how to achieve your health and wellness goals. I know that what you need are small and simple strategies that can just fit into your daily rhythm and will lead to big change. I also know that you don't need a giant to-do list. You just need actionable steps that you can actually cross off of your list. And so that's what this podcast is all about. I want to share with you some of the more meaningful things that have come up in conversation with my clients. I want to invite you in to conversations that I'll have with other experts about how to find actual solutions for feeling your best. Everybody listening, this is Carly Myers. Uh, I don't know what DAIS stands for. What does that stand for? Uh, Diplomate of the American Institute of Stress. Oh, okay. Tell us about that. And you own the company Stressless. And I met Carly on Instagram. I don't even know we've officially met. But you were you and your partner were creating a right before the pandemic, right? You were creating the selfish, um, what is it? What is the word that I'm selfish missing? Billy, it was a self care conference for women. Conference, yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Did yeah, it happen? Met, like we met. I don't. I wouldn't say just on Instagram though. Like I feel like we had an email relationship, but this Maybe. is the first time. <laughs> seeing each other actually talking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I love watching you from afar. So I'm glad that, um, that we connected and and that we're making this episode. Um, okay. So tell me, let's back up because we just hit record. We decided we were just going to record this from the beginning of me getting to know Carly. So tell me again, what is your business these days? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I am the owner and founder of the stressless company. And what I do is I really support business owners and leaders of all kinds who've experienced some sort of devastating loss. Mm -hmm. And I really support those folks in managing day-to-day stress in a way that creates satisfying results, such as improved sleep, easeful ability to set boundaries, say no to unwanted obligations, improved income, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And um, this is a really uh, interesting intersection that most folks kind of open their eyes a little bit wide at, which is the intersection of loss and stress. Yeah. And the reason that I've really gone down that path is because when we experience any sort of trauma, any sort of loss, like it could be the obvious like death, but it could also be divorce or Mm -hmm. injury or um, loss of life as we know it, or as we knew it. Um, That's a lot of the one for moms. Oh, well that, Um, yes. Yes. What happened? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what happens is, is our nervous system becomes more sensitive, which makes it more difficult to navigate day-to-day stressors. Mm. 
Interesting. Yeah. Because I do always think of it like when you say loss, I think of death or huge trauma, but becoming a mother or becoming a parent is very traumatic. Um, yeah. I talk to a lot of my clients about going from people, people try to work with me because they want to, they were a, before they had kids and now they're B like figuring out who they are and they want to go back to a, but there is no going back. We have to get to C. Yeah. Um, and interesting you saying about the, uh, that it's harder to handle everyday stress when you've been shifted by this huge stress of, and I'm just Harvard, I'm honing in on becoming a parent because that's who my people are um, and who I am. But uh, is that where the whole overstimulation thing comes from? Where it's like, I mean, having young kids, I am incredible. This is the lowest stimulation my day gets right now talking to you. And this is like a vacation. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> and handling the stress of that and us all being like having short fuses and, and then feel it. And then like, thinking again about my clientele, feeling like the stress and the guilt about not doing the diet and exercise when it's like, come on, like you've got 8,000 things going on. Um, Oh, tell me more about that. Those types of clients that you work with. Yeah. Well, so here is a moment of reality. So I apologize straight up off the bat. This is my 12 year old aging asthmatic dog coughing in the background. Oh, I didn't even hear him. Or maybe I did. Oh, I thought it was your, just your keyboard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I wish, I wish I was just typing. That would be just my, my 12 year old dog. But uh, so if you hear him, he has waken up, woken up from his afternoon nap. Mm. Um, but yeah, so like this, this intersection of. Oh, it's so funny. I really thought it was you like just knocking the microphone. <laughs> it's fine. It's so, fine. do you know the, the people listening to this probably are also having like screaming kids in the background they're probably washing the dishes while they're listening like your little dog noise is nothing, <laughs> nothing. Yeah. I'm like but no no one's dying in the background where <laughs> no one is being murdered or suffocated it's just my asthmatic dog he had he got his inhaler we're good to go oh good so yes. he's okay um so bring me back bring me back to where yeah, what are we talking about so well I want to hear more about the people you work with that the big, that the stress and the trauma is parenthood or maybe pandemic. Cause I think that's both things that my people can relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I don't really know what my question is. We didn't. So usually like, we just kind of hit record cause we were like talking already. And I was like, wait, people need to hear what your business is and not just me hear it. Yeah. Um, but usually when I do this podcast, I like, I'll ask you what you want to talk about. And then we'll kind of make a plan for what topics we want to talk about. Like when, when you, I know you said you did a little deep diving before we got on this call, but like, if so to summarize, I think the typical person I work with who's listening to this is a parent of young kids. Not everybody has young kids, but just like somebody that's like at the end of their bandwidth. So just overloaded with responsibilities um, of taking care of kids, um, partners, uh, you know, themselves, their house, like all the things it's like that, like their parents, like they're like, you know, it's like that, um, sandwich generation thing almost sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I know that we had originally, cause I had been like snooping on your website and I found a, a blog post you made about, um, uh, being less critical of yourself. And I was thinking about how, like when people, um, start to work on themselves, how that critic, that inner critic can pop up a lot. Yeah. Uh, and, 
And then when you're working on yourself, when you have a family, there's the inner critic that's like, I shouldn't be taking care of me right now. Like I should be taking care of my kids. Like I should be cleaning the house. Like how dare I, like right now, before me and you had a call, had our call, I was going to stop working 15 minutes early and go outside and close my eyes and like journal or meditate or something. And what did I do? I worked right up until I had one minute left, went outside, saw some lantern flies. I was like, this is more important than me. Take, I set a timer for a minute to breathe. And then I was like, no, these lantern flies matter more and started smashing them instead of just doing my meditation moment. Like that, that was a ramble, but like the, that's, I feel like a representative of the kind of people I work with. It's like, I was going to do a, B and C for myself, but then D through Z looked like I needed to get it done. Yeah. Saying a lot of things yeah. here, but what do you want? Yeah. Where okay. do you want to go so with that? <laughs> I will start with I'm going to start with kind of my initial intro and 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 that piece and like about me because I think that there's a deep connection here. Mm-hmm. So once we've experienced a devastating loss or a loss in general, what happens is is that before we've experienced that change, that loss, mm-hmm. uh, our nervous system is basically like a five lane highway, a six lane highway. It can take like traffic upon traffic upon traffic, and it's only like the crazy accidents or like crazy scenarios that really trigger us into stress mode. Mm-hmm. And what happens is after we experience loss or some sort of trauma, our five lane highway all of a sudden becomes a two lane highway or one lane highway. And that varies in degrees, depending on us as individuals, but we have the same amount of traffic. We have the same amount of accidents. We have the same Mm. amount of uh, devastating or, or exciting quote unquote events, if you will. Mm. And so what happens after loss is that because we have the same amount of traffic, the same amount of life being thrown at us, we are triggered into fight, flight, freeze, or faint much more often because of that sensitivity. Because the sensitivity was created for a reason, right? Like when we have a kid, we have that hyper awareness because we have a being to take care of and mm-hmm. we have to be really on top of that, right? Mm-hmm. There's a purpose for it. And that same sensitivity and that shift in our nervous system can make it feel sometimes almost unbearable to handle day-to-day stress, like the mm-hmm. dishes piling up in the sink or mm-hmm. like choosing Oreos versus like an apple (laughs) that can be a a huge stressor of just like choosing the healthy choice, kind of giving context of your work. But so starting with just understanding that our nervous system is is so much more sensitive after experiencing this large change, Mm -hmm. first of all, it can give us much more grace Give, we yeah. can give ourselves more grace. We can say, okay, my nervous system is more sensitive. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It had to become more sensitive because I've taken on the shift in my life mm-hmm. and being, uh, having an untrained nervous system, like being triggered every five seconds mm-hmm. is, isn't optimal, right? It's normal, but it's not optimal. And right. so what do we, what do we do with that? Um, and I would connect just your comment about like self-criticism. That's the, the triggered nervous system. That's the mm-hmm. super ego voice coming up saying, okay, my nervous system is super sensitive right now. This thing came up, my super ego voice is judging. And that's a survival mechanism for just getting through mm-hmm. because for whatever reason that whatever that story is, that the super ego voice is telling us that's gotten us through in the past. Mm-hmm. However, now my guess is, is that it's no longer relevant. It's not serving us as it used to. Right. Interesting. Oh, I'm trying to dissect that. 
Um, <laughs> I know I just dropped a bomb. <laughs> you did. Um, so how let's, can you give an example of how that practically applies to somebody with young kids? And, and I know this is not what I was supposed to think when you said the repeated, um, alert of the nervous system, but I think about how for the last two years during the pandemic, and I heard this from a lot of my clients and felt it myself is like, there is literally no downtime. Like there's every time you think you can sit, like you hear like mommy or, you know, like you literally, it's almost like a form of torture to be constantly like never being allowed to shut off. Um, which I don't know if that's just where you were going with what you were saying, but that's just what popped in my head when you were like triggers of the nervous system is like that yeah. constant, you know, having to be aware. Yes. Yeah. No, that's exactly what it is. Even like mommy, even those like little moments, those that's the, the sensitive nervous system responding. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um, for a lot of our like childless friends out there, um, you know, creative stress reduction, which is something that I teach may be really helpful. Things like going on a walk, playing with your dog, uh, gardening, mm-hmm. drawing, like meditation, yoga, like those things could be helpful. Sounds to delightful. The that one's wonderful. Right. <laughs> and, um, there's so much impracticality about that mm-hmm. because we have, once we get to a certain stage of responsibility yeah. in our life, that feels almost yeah. like a luxury. Like it's like grandeur. Oh yeah. So out of reach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then it becomes about how do I, how do I manage my Mm -hmm. nervous system Mm -hmm. so that it can, it, it can live in the state of rest and digest. Yeah. So just for context, fight, flight, freeze, or faint, right. We've heard that is about it's releasing adrenaline and cortisol, and it's really allowing the body to rise to the occasion. The mm-hmm. problem is, is if we stay in fight, flight, freeze, or faint, that part of the nervous system for long periods of time, then we're in adrenal, adrenal fatigue, then we're in burnout, mm-hmm. then we have brain fog, then we can't think, we can't sleep. There's just all these side effects. Yep. The goal here is to shift into rest and digest the mm-hmm. other part of the nervous system, which basically heals all the damage done by fight, flight, freeze, or faint. And I always say it's the best weight loss program you can ever enroll in because it really supports our digestion and and our Mm. metabolism and functioning properly. Yeah. Um, And of course, rest is always so good. Right. Repair. That's when repair happens. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And so the way in which I really approach this first step of like managing the nervous system is talking about the concept of emotional sobriety. Because if we look at the equation of stress, stress equals the thing, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. plus our perception of the thing. Right. Yep. So, whatever our perception is creates an emotion, Mm -hmm. creates the stress. And we can choose to either be emotionally sober, which means be present with our emotions, whether they're good or bad, Mm -hmm. at any given time, hold Mm -hmm. space for them at any given time, not to get rid of them, just to be, just to hold space for them. Right. Or we can go into numbing, scrolling Mm -hmm. on the phone, Mm -hmm. trying to work, work things away. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I'm implying, but not saying smashing lantern flies is a way to avoid, (laughs) right. Um, Emotional sobriety is about being present with those emotions, good or bad, you know, okay, what are they now? And what are they now? Mm-hmm. And oh, and what about now? Yeah. And it's 
And I always have to say this with like the biggest asterisks <laughs> like mm-hmm. in the entire world around this statement, because when I say being present to our emotions, like even I kind of want to throw up in my mouth a little bit and like roll my eyes the whole way around earth because we've heard <laughs> it one too many times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of goes back to really acknowledging that we get that advice from people who aren't doing the work, the people that are mm. like actually in that phase of spiritual bypass where they're, they're trying to skip the hard shit, pardon my French, the hard stuff yeah. to get to the good stuff. And we can't do that. Mm-hmm. That's not how we're wired. Interesting. So, so how, this is really, this is, I love this. This is, you're amazing. Um, so how, <laughs> um, how would like in practical sense then? So if you've recognized that and you're working on saying like, how do I feel now? How do I feel now? No, not judging myself um, and noticing that like the dishes in the sink are giving me an increased amount of stress mm-hmm. um, that like I realized logically, like I could just relax about the dishes, but it irks and then something else happens. And then, you know, you're just, you just go off and you're irked. If you don't have the time to do the beautiful ma- magical gardening and like art and all the delightful things that I can't wait to do again with my life and all my clients too, um, how do you, like I know I have ideas that I give them, but what what are your ideas for how to unwind in little ways and how to touch in and and how to access that? What did you call it? The, the digest um, oh, when you don't have rest and digest when you don't have a lot of time to dedicate to it. Yeah. So this is, um, this is really embodying the four step emotional sobriety process that I teach my Mm. clients. And, and that's just the first step of my five step stressless method, right? It's just the Mm -hmm. beginning, Mm -hmm. but, um, so when I say be present, I'm really cautious to say that because it's so vague. And so this four step emotional Mm -hmm. sobriety process um, which was really inspired by the work of um, Harville Hendricks and Helen LaKelly Hunt, uh, relational experts, mm-hmm. um, top renowned relational experts, um, is so that the step is this process is really first we start by listening, right? First step, mm-hmm. uh, listen to the body. What the hell? Mm-hmm. I mean, what's going on? Pardon mm-hmm. my French, this is who I am. Um, mm-hmm. What is going on in the body? Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Are my shoulders killing me? Is like mm. my back have an ache in it? Um, are my eyes heavy? Am I giddy? Like what? Like, yeah. What does it feel like? What is it? Uh, um, yeah. I want to interrupt you, but I don't, but I just want to quickly throw in there that this has res- one of my clients said this to me years ago. And I say it to everybody and it resonates with all of them, not all of them, but a lot of them. She said to me, sometimes I feel like I'm a head floating around on a body that I'm not aware of. Yep. Mm-hmm. That resonates with so many people. So the first step you're saying is just like, feel what your body feels. And I've done this with my refresh members in our group calls. And they've said things to me, like, I don't know what words there are. What is the vocabulary for how my body feels? And I'll ask them questions like, after you eat, how do you feel? And they'll say proud. And I'm like, no, not how you feel like judgment wise about how you ate, but like, how do you, how does your body feel? And they don't have the words. Mm -hmm. So that's a hard first step. It's an amazing first step, but that's a hard first step. Yeah. And you know, this is why part of my trainings with my clients comes with a whole list of feelings and sensations. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Because it it can be so hard to find, (laughs) find the words, Yeah, but I mean, progress, not perfect here, right? If, Mm. if we land at, okay. Uh, like my shoulder is killing me. Okay. That's cool. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's enough. Um, 
and just, just listen to the body for a second. And even if you don't have the words, just be aware of it. Just be Mm. like, okay, something's going on here. Don't really know how to describe it. I see it. I feel it. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're good. We've done this. Acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the second part of that first step, which is to listen is to listen to the thought patterns. So your example with the dishes, what would be like a thought pattern that you would have around the dishes? Um, I'm trying to think of of like my clients that talk about that kind of thing or, hmm, um, or anything that's coming to mind that would bother like what, what pops in their heads. It'll be like, uh, it'll be like, they can't like their house is a mess. They get the kids off to school. It created a, you know, now there's like dirty breakfast dishes. There's dirty dishes in the sink. There's like socks everywhere. There's like all this stuff. And they're like, but I need to get my head into work. And it's hard to make this shift. And then they like go have a meeting or something. And then they go back into the kitchen and they're like, oh, why is it still like this? And they, you know, just then they yeah. can't like get themselves to make lunch or breakfast because like the kitchen's a mess. And then the day just, you know, goes off the rails from there. Yeah. So in that kitchen moment, when we go back down after the meeting to the kitchen, um, we have that reaction to the dishes, right? In that moment, we listen to the body. Okay. Uh, my butt's hurting. Cause I sat too long for that meeting. <laughs> <laughs> right. Next is listening to the thought pattern. Ugh, I can't believe the dishes are still there. They should have been done this morning. I'm like so bad at this. Like I should have done it. Why is it like this? I'm so, why couldn't my partner do it? Right. The mm-hmm. thought pattern. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the listening. Mm-hmm. And it sucks to listen to that, but yeah. First step. (laughs) The second step is to mirror that thought pattern. So just in our minds, this is all in our minds. We don't have to write Mm -hmm. it down. We have to make it a process. We don't have to journal like all in our heads. Mm -hmm. Um, The second piece is to mirror. So we listen to the thought pattern and then we mirror the thought pattern back. So we could think something like, okay, so if I heard you, what you're really thinking right now is that you're really frustrated at the dishes. Like, why are they still here? And like, like this should have been done. And why didn't my partner help? And I'm so frustrated, da, 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 right. Mm-hmm. Mirroring it back to yourself. Yeah. The third step is to validate mm-hmm. ourselves. So again, in our heads, we go into, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And what makes sense about that is, is it sucks to have a dirty house <laughs> and a sink full of dishes. Nobody loves doing dishes or let's say most people don't love mm-hmm. doing dishes. Mm-hmm. It makes sense that it's frustrating and, and that you don't want to deal with it. Right. So we validate that emotion that's coming mm-hmm. up. And then the last step is to empathize. And this is where we have the opportunity to really like name the emotion. Mm-hmm. So really holding space for ourselves and saying like, you know what? I imagine you're really frustrated and you're really annoyed and you're really overwhelmed and like asking yourself is, are those the feelings? Mm -hmm. This is amazing. This reminds me of all of the parenting advice out there for how to talk to your emotional toddler, just Mm -hmm. to validate their feelings, recognize they feel this way. Yes. I know you don't, the dishes, it's very frustrating, but they have to get cleaned. You can be frustrated while you clean them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, this is, this is the thing that I tell a lot of my clients is that, you know, folks will come to me when things get really rough. Some of them won't, mm-hmm. but a lot of them do. They come to me when it's, we're picking up the pieces mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I hear stories like, you know, I, I went downstairs and I went to the dishwasher and I saw it was all this, all of the dirty dishes were in the sink and the dishwasher was filled with empty. Dishes. 
Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. Um, or whatever Either the or. scenario is like <laughs> there, it's an obstacle. Yeah. Right. And so we have that, um, that like gut wrenching response and it's, it's those moments where like, it, it's just, okay, let me backtrack here. Cause I'm going to lose myself. Uh, <laughs> it's so easy, right? Even, even the best of us can get lost in the dishes frustration or any, any frustration, <laughs> but like the, this is what I, what I tell my clients is that like, you get, you have that moment, you go into that frustration and mm-hmm. the next thing, you know, you're snapping at someone. Mm-hmm. or, and someone you love that, that they didn't really even do anything. And yet you're, you're yelling mm-hmm. or you're at a work meeting and you see something and it reminds you of X, Y, and Z. And all of a sudden you're crying and you feel like you look like a, like a dork, you know, like <laughs> it's so embarrassing and like, there's no control over. It. And so our emotions just like come out come of out. nowhere. Mm-hmm. And this is what emotional sobriety is about. It's, it's about dealing with the emotions, being present with the emotions when they come up so that they don't pile up and show up in the most inconvenient and mm-hmm. sometimes the most hurtful and damaging ways. And related to like your comment about, you know, parenting books and like yeah. that, you know, what I, what I tell my clients, and I heard this from like one of the most wonderful yoga instructors um, here in Philly at mother heart yoga. She said, um, she said, you know, your inner child um, if you don't listen to your inner child, they don't, mm-hmm. they don't understand that inner child only gets the sense that you didn't hear her mm. and that next time she had to be louder. Yeah. And so the more we numb instead of become emotionally sober, the louder our inner child feels as if she needs to be. And the mm. more temper tantrum she's going to throw because she doesn't get the sense that she was heard. So yeah. she's louder next time. Yeah. And that's where the drama comes. So, so the big message I'm hearing here is the small ways to, if you can't do this big creative outlet for dealing with stress, the small ways are just to recognize the emotion when you're in it. And I mean, you didn't say this, but I'm hearing this because it's what I hear everywhere is don't judge it, Mm -hmm. which I think you said without saying, and just be in it and experience it and be like this, you know, you're almost count like how you, like, it's the same idea as like how you would talk to a friend. Like you would say like, yeah, you are frustrated. I get it. Yeah. And then you feel validated in your frustration instead of getting madder and madder, which I don't know if you didn't say this either, but I'm thinking of like, you know, then I'll like create the fight in my head with my spouse about it, which like, that's not necessary. Yeah. Yeah. It just <laughs> escalates. Know? Like if yeah. we don't hold the space for ourselves, once we feel heard, it's, it's wild to watch some of my clients, they'll, it's the first step that we do together and they'll really fully embody this practice consistently mm-hmm. and proactively, not just when mm-hmm. the bad feelings come up, but proactively. And it's almost like, it's like a full body sigh. Like it's just such uh, a relief to have, yeah. to hear ourselves and, and our emotions and our nervous system. Then it's less prickly. It's, it's much yeah. more open to, to what's going on. And we're in, when we're in rest and digest, we're able to, you know, take on so much more. Yeah. Where did I, where was I listening? Or I forget who this was or what I was listening to, but somebody was describing something about how, like, when you have a cut, you don't do something to heal it. You just let time pass and your body does it right. Like our bodies know how to heal us. I don't know who, who said this, but I just loved it. Um, your body knows what to do. And so when you're telling saying rest and digest, that's what I'm thinking of is that whole, like, sometimes you just have to do nothing 
Mm-hmm. And that's how things get solved. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the other thing, like emotional sobriety sometimes is like literally just tolerating the, like the God awful feelings. Yeah. Like I am furious right now about the dishes or whatever it is. Yeah. I'm furious that that, that my kid just spilled juice all over the freaking kitchen floor. Yeah. And that's like, I'm just going to tolerate that. I'm furious right now. What about when people are like, but it felt so good to be mad. What do you say to that? <laughs> Oh, yes. Uh, um, So blame is the discharge of discomfort and pain. Mm. Anger is the discharging of comfort and pain. That's why it feels good. Mm. Um, And that's like a Brene Brown popularized Mm. that. But um, it's acknowledging that even though it feels good, it can damage. It it can come bite bite you in the butt and, and damage the relationships around you. And so there are other things that feel really good. And one of those things are to listen to your emotions. Yeah. And so when we practice, yeah, when we practice that, we'll start to realize that it feels even better to have that space held for ourselves because fighting is just moving that, that energy through the body in in a, Mm. in a different way that like anger is moving it in a different way. When we learn to move it in a more nurturing way, instead of releasing it. I like that a lot. I feel like I've been learning a lot through my work, but then also just like my own personal journey about releasing emotion through the body. And then, and for me, probably obviously, cause I'm an exercise person, like movement does it, but not, mm-hmm. it's not for everybody. Other people, it's different ways. Um, but I'm just getting these like feelings of like removing from my body as you're talking. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's something I was going to ask. I will, um, I, while you're thinking of that, yeah. um, I want a little asterisks on, on the movement piece. Well, first I want to share that. I love the idea that I think I love the idea that trauma is stored in the hips because I love any reason mm. to shake my booty. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so there's that, um, <laughs> but I also want to acknowledge that movement can be used as a, it, I mean, it falls under the creative stress reduction category. And so, um, it can be really easy to use movement to numb as well. And so we have mm. to be really conscious of how we're moving Mm-hmm. Um, especially as women, because we have such a track record record of different eating disorders and yes, all, yeah. all that, which is a form of numbing, um, yeah. on some level. So I actually would love to do another episode with you. You would ever be up for it and pick your brain about, about that. Because I think that, so I don't have a background in psych. I mean, I actually, I did undergrad in psychology, but like, you know, not a lot, not a, a very weak background in psychology I have. Um, and my mom was a therapist. So I feel like I like infused some things, but I'm not, you know, not, a, not a specialist in any way in that area. And, and I'm also a person that enjoys movement for movement's sake and like moving makes my body feel happy. Um, and so I do it cause it's like a nice way for me to feel good. Like I like feeling my body move, but not everybody feels that way. And, and I personally have never experienced, and I'm not a therapist, the strong emotional ties that so many women have with movement as a punishment and movement as being about your body size. And so how to get yourself, you know, like my, my reason for promoting health, the way that I do diet and exercise is that I want people to feel good. I want them to like, feel like their body feels energized and like, they can set up a little straighter and like, they can like relax more and sleep well and have energy and not get so cranky. But that message is always jumbled up when it comes to diet and exercise as weight loss as you know, like punishing your body, um, and just how to, how to take somebody from 
feeling negative feelings when it comes to exercise to feeling like, oh, I actually can enjoy exercise for exercise sake and mm-hmm. how to move to that. But that's yeah. like a whole other conversation. That totally is. I will say I come, oh gosh, where do I start? Okay. Well, I want to drop a, a comment around the word exercise. So mm-hmm. I actually personally don't use the word exercise yeah. because it conjures up that kind of mindset for me. So I use the word movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I choose movement that feels aligned and that way I can do whatever kind of movement I want. I can yeah. shake my booty or I can, you know, go to the gym and run on a treadmill if I really wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, but movement feels much more aligned, mm-hmm. just language. Um, and I will say, I would love to have a continued conversation. I am not a therapist and I do have an interesting point of view on, uh, diet, exercise, et cetera, because I have a history of over-exercise mm. ended up in eating disorders anonymous, which yes, is mm. a 12 step program. And like, mm. uh, for me, like it definitely ties to the way in which I created. And the reason I created the stress less method, one of the many reasons I created it, um, it starts with that emotional sobriety so that we can change our relationship with movement, mm-hmm. our relationship with food, our relationship with others, with ourselves, with our work. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Big other top, big other topic. Um, <laughs> That's a I, tangent. Not I know, today. <laughs> I know tangent. And I do feel you on the different types of movement. Like sometimes it's not therapeutic, but for me, and, but then sometimes it is. So I feel, I, I understand that. Um, I wrote down, I started writing a note to myself because you were saying something and I didn't want to interrupt, but I want to come back to the whole um, taking a moment to be in your feelings or recognize your feelings. And I want to just say out loud, because I know this is how my people are. I don't know if this is how your people are, that it's okay if you don't do it every time. Yeah. And just because you did it yesterday and then you don't do it for a week and then you do it five times in a row and then you don't do it, doesn't mean you're not making progress. Yeah, Um, exactly. Yeah. I think that just is important to be said. I think, I think so. I think I, I do think consistency is absolutely key, but perfection is not, we're not Mm -hmm. perfect, nor are we meant to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, sometimes we are, we can have such a dark night of the soul that scrolling on TikTok or social media is absolutely better than the alternative for what we might do. Yeah. And that's okay. Like there's a time and a place maybe the therapists of the world are going to kick me right now, but there is, a, there is a time and a place where numbing is better than the out, the other outcome. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like everything in moderation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what were you saying that the consistency? Oh, this is something I've been saying lately to my people is um, consistency in effort, not in action. So, so I've been saying that for, so like, part of the program is I give people mini challenges and some of those mini challenges are intermittent movement. So instead of trying to like pick an hour for the gym, it's just like get up and stretch between meetings, you know, after the baby goes down for a nap, do five minutes or whatever. Um, and then, but then people still like get inspired to do whatever clicks for them. And so I have, I've had people, like I had somebody last session who went running with a friend every Friday morning, they like started jogging together. They went from not running to running, which was awesome. Um, for them. Uh, but then the friend would bail and then they would do nothing. And I would say, well, you don't have to go running, but it can be consistency. And I'm going to put effort into movement on Friday mornings. It can be running with my friend. It can be doing a two minute of stretching, but like Friday mornings, consistency and effort. Um, which I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that or how you've seen that work or not work for people, but that's been my thing lately. 
So interesting. Well, I will share that I have a personal practice um, and I'm like, did I shave my armpits? But I have a personal (laughs) practice where um, as much as I can remember between meetings, I will put my hands up and then pull my hands, my elbows down Mm -hmm. and hold just my shoulder blades pinched together is like 40 seconds. And like that to me is movement. And that to me is healing. And it's what my body needs. And like, that would be my version. of It is. And 40 seconds is a long time. Oh yeah. I'm like, it's 20 seconds, 40. Yeah. <laughs> 20 it's, seconds it's, yeah. My dog's being so cute. He needs pets. Like, no, 20 more seconds. But, you know, oh gosh, sometimes it's 10, time. but yeah. Yeah. And for anyone that has no idea what she just did, um, oh, she yeah. made her arms like goalposts almost, but then shoulder blades yeah, back. Like, yeah. Gold post is better. I was going to be like, like I was, you know, flexing my muscle or muscle man. Yeah. But with, with palms out open palms. Yeah. You yeah. put your hands straight above your head and then you bring your elbows down like gold post. But as you're doing it, you're pinching your shoulder blades on your back together. Yeah. And that really counteracts the slouching that yep. at least I tend to do at the desk. Oh yeah. No, that's a great one. And if I remember when I post the Instagram post about this podcast going live, I will demonstrate on another slide oh, that good. movement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, they're going to be like, what? Is I don't know. What is happening? <laughs> uh, um, all right. Well, we've been talking for a while now. So um, we I don't like to keep people too long. So I'll let you get back to your other things now. But could you share uh, how people can work with you? Anything else you want my listeners to hear? Yeah. Um, actually I'd love to give a little bit more context because I hinted at something earlier, okay. um, which is my signature stress less method, mm-hmm. my signature system. Uh, this is five steps and we only touch the tip of the iceberg of oh, step yeah. number one. <laughs> um, so, uh, one thing that I always like to, to preface, especially with creative stress reduction activities that we were talking about earlier is that, uh, like if you go into a spa with money problems, you're going to walk out of the spa with money problems. If you go in with relationship problems, you're going to walk out with relationship problems. Emotional sobriety is the very first step and it's the foundation. And we have autonomy. We have power of agency to create change that we want to see in our lives. And so the stress less method is really about the framework to help us. Yes. Be emotionally sober and figure out the ways in which we've unconsciously or consciously created suffering for ourselves, more suffering for ourselves, um, and begin to take action, small action to big action, depending on the person <laughs> to, to do something about it. And so it's really a, a, a nurturing process that leads us to a place of a beautiful state of mind. And so if that feels really juicy for, for your listeners, um, what I would do is I'd invite them to just apply for a complimentary discovery call with me. So we can talk a little bit more about what that looks like for them. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And they can do that at stresslessco.com slash apply. Okay. And I'll put that link, um, in the show notes. And when I post this, um, and it's just you, right? It's just a one person team. Good. Just you. So they get you, they get you, which is great. Um, Awesome. Well, thank Oh, actually one follow-up question because I don't think I, there's so many different letters and, and like titles for different types of, of like, you're not a therapist, you said, but different types of people that help with mental health. What is, can you explain a little bit more about your credential and your background? Yeah. So I like to say that I have a PhD in life experience. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, I have, I have studied for stress management consulting and I have a certification in safe conversations and 
goodness gracious, I've <laughs> read every book, but um, my, the reason I started my company really boils down to my own experience with devastating loss, navigating mm-hmm. that, um, being given advice that was absolutely mainstream and slightly helpful, but not getting me where I wanted to go. And so yeah. out of necessity, I created the stressless company. And so PhD in life experience. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah. The way. Well, it's, it's amazing. And it's been amazing talking to you. I mean, just having a conversation with you, like, I feel like I went to therapy, even though I didn't even, <laughs> um, but <laughs> I think, therapy, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, but I think, I mean, I love learning more about the stress less company and about your approach. I think it sounds needed and useful and I'm so glad that you created it. Oh, thanks. And thank yeah. you for having me. This was so fun. You're welcome. I know this was great. Um, We'll have to stay in touch, but we can end our episode for now so people don't have to hear us talking about that. <laughs> Is there anything else, people? So we got we got how to contact you, how to work, apply to work with you. Um, anything else? I think that's probably what they need to know, right? Yeah, I think you have the. I think everyone has the very first step that they need to get started, and I think yeah. we'll leave it at that. One step at yeah. a time. Yes, 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 yes. You got to let time pass. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for recording this with me. We'll say bye for now. All right. Bye everyone listening. Thank you so much for listening. As a busy parent, I know that it can be so hard to make time for yourself. So be so proud that you got to the end of this episode. That means you were here taking a moment, making time for you. If you'd like to indulge further, you should sign up for a free five-day refresh. Link is down in the show notes. Or you should consider attending a quarterly workshop where we'd actually get to see each other Zoom face to Zoom face. Spots for those workshops are limited. I maxed them out pretty small and they fill up quickly. So be sure to use the link in the show notes below to get yourself onto an early announcement waitlist. Uh, you'll also find my Instagram handle down there at be well with Beth. Give me a follow and send me a message with your takeaway from today's episode. All right. I'll see you in another one. Bye for now. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. As a busy parent, I know how hard it can be to make time for yourself. So be so, so proud that you got to the end of this episode. I hope that you heard something in here that you feel like you can bring into your life right now without a lot of time or prep. I recommend that you check out my free five-day refresh. There's a link in the bio. You just get simple tips in your ears or in your inbox. You get a WhatsApp group where you get to chat with people um, to get yourself over a hump and get started feeling like a healthier and happier you. Uh, And of course, you are always invited to join my full refresh program, the six-month program that helps busy parents find actual solutions for feeling your best using food and fitness and conversation and accountability and community uh, and support. So if you have any questions or want to chat with me, there's all sorts of information in the show notes here for how to get in touch with me. And I look forward to seeing you in another episode soon. Oh, and PS, so cheesy, but sharing is caring. Please, if you know anybody that would benefit from listening to my podcast or maybe even working with me, please send them this episode or whatever episode you really enjoy um, and help bring them into my world and me into their world. I'm here for you and to help you and whoever else aligns with that. So please share, help me out, help them out. And uh, thanks so much for being a supporter.